0: Hello and welcome to another episode of This Is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Scott in Toronto, and joining me as always is Catherine Moore. Catherine, how's it going?
1: It's going great, Scott. I'm so excited for the interview we have today. We get to talk to Burhana, and he has an album dropping this Friday, the 20th. The new album's called A Main, The Nomad's Dream. There's also a short film that comes out that we get to mm-hmm. talk about and Man, I just loved that interview, didn't you?
0: Yeah, super nice guy, really smart, and he brings an amazing song as his pick, so I'm really excited to talk about that and for everyone to hear it. But first, before we get into all that, I'm curious, what have you been listening to lately?
1: I have been revisiting the Rina Saoyama um, Ooh, yeah. Hold the Girl album. I just think that is such a great record front to back. There's some great key changes in there. It's just amazing pop music. So that's been really on my mind lately. Yeah,
0: I'm so upset. She came through New York twice on this tour, and I missed her both times, and it's really it's regret. She's
1: definitely on the top of my concert bucket list these yeah. days and <laughs> would just be an amazing show. I think her and I haven't seen Moon Alive either, and... Uh, oh, that yeah. would be kind of my top two right now. Absolutely. But me,
0: I've been listening to a lot of Javelin, the new Sufjan Stevens album, which is really great. Probably my favorite of his in over 10 years. I think it's really great. Uh, I've also been listening to, there's this band Mutual Benefit, who just put out a new album, Growing at the Edges, which mm. is a very similar sort of chamber poppy, like gonna... gentle folk pop thing. That's really great. Beautiful arrangements on that. And so those are the two albums I've been listening to. But the other big thing, of course, is that I saw Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour in a movie theater this weekend.
1: I can't believe you saw it before I did. That's kind of crazy. Well, you
0: know, when The Eras Tour was going on in the US, like I didn't have a ticket and I was really avoiding... Like, yeah, I saw some things on TikTok, but I I really like was not looking into. I was not like watching the live streams. Like I know, yeah, you were not you watching were. live streams every and night. And so <laughs> I was shocked by some of it. Like yeah. there's one song from Speak Now, and I turned to my friend Madeline after it switched to the Red Era, and I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like that was it?
1: <laughs> Did she tell you that she usually does Long Live, but then she just yeah? That but movie. they they put
0: it in the in it's in the credits instead. Right,
1: right. Yeah. but yeah
0: I was I was shocked by that and and the fact that there's not even a self-titled era at all nope. luckily the secret song in the filmed version is our song uh, the mm-hmm. first of the secret song so you do get a little bit of it but it was still shocking stuff I but I had a great time it was really good you know the crowd was fun but not obnoxious um and
1: that's great it was so I'm worried about that <laughs> did you trade any friendship places or did I you didn't, get i i
0: didn't places? even really see anyone trading i'm sure some people yeah. were but it was um it was a pretty subdued you know saturday afternoon and i went with our friend madeline past guest on this show that brunette
1: that brunette uh, yeah. yeah
0: we had a great time who
1: has a new song out that's really good yes, oblivion oblivion it's yeah I, I love when she puts out new songs. Yeah. Also, we're getting ready for nineteen eighty nine Taylor's version. I know that's probably more important to me than it is to you, but yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that in two Fridays from now.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear whatever slut is. So <laughs> SLUT. <laughs> Vault song. For anyone not paying attention. <laughs> <It feels laughs> I'm gorgeous. not just saying yeah. slut.
1: <laughs> she she's going really off the deep end by releasing a song called SLUT. So we'll yeah. see what that is. Anyway, let's talk about some of the social media responses that we've gotten from our question that we always ask on Fridays of the greatest song we've heard all week. Last week, yeah. we that it was that song from Javelin called Goodbye Evergreen that, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. Javelin at yeah. the beginning by Sufjan Stevens and... Man, that's a sad album, but it's so yeah. good. <laughs> but yeah, in the past couple weeks, we've had some great responses that we've gotten from folks. Emma was listening to Live for Me by Omar Apollo, yeah. a new EP, I think, from him. Scott Moriarty was suggesting Love Lines by Nuovo Testamento. Really like upbeat sort of vibe. The yeah,
0: like 80s pop thing that was cool yeah i, had, I cool. had not heard that before so
1: yeah very um bopping your head to it yeah. um and jerome suggested cassandra by grandma's ashes grandma's ashes you can just probably tell is more of like a <laughs> hardcore kind of thing that's what
0: we turn to jerome for so yeah
1: <laughs> we need we need some like different suggestions and we need some really good like metal songs every yeah. time, to time so we thank jerome for that But yeah, um, if you have a greatest song you've heard all week, feel free to let us know on social media, give us an email. That sort of yeah thing.
0: please uh, send us an email you know with whatever you think about new songs you're listening to new albums or thoughts on previous episodes of this podcast uh, we' would love to hear your feedback you can email us at great that's gr number eight songpod at gmail.com or you know social media at greatsongpod. but I think now is the time we got to get into the interview with yeah. Burhana.
1: He's an Ethiopian-American R&B singer, artist, visual artist. I think he trained as a screenwriter, went to school for that. I have been really into him. I saw previous guest, Annabelle, from That Good Shit interview him Uh, on TikTok, and I had heard about him before from just like playlists and that sort of thing. But her interview with Brahana was really awesome. And so we thought he'd make a great guest and so excited to have him on the podcast to talk about his new album and his really incredible song picks.
0: Yeah, all right, well, let's get right into
2: it. Burhana,
0: Berhana, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, for having me.
0: So, you are just about to release a new album. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what to expect?
2: Yeah, this one uh, I've been working on for the past couple years. Definitely a labor of love. It's something that I feel reflects where I'm at right now. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get it out.
0: Very cool. So do you feel that this is like an opportunity for you to explore something different than what you've released up to this point? Do you see it more as an extension of what you've been doing? How, how are you thinking about this?
2: Yeah, I do think it's something new. It's a bit of a new chapter and a bit of an inner journey. I feel like I went on understanding more about myself, my family. Yeah, I think I th- I think this is the mark of something new as opposed to the last album.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk more about all of that, but I know you also released a, uh, like a short film, a sort of visual companion to the album. What, what is that? Like, that's so cool to me. I'm a huge film fan as well. What was that process like of putting that
2: together? It was so much fun. Uh, It was definitely a lot of work, but I really love being able to expand on the world, expand on the music, And provide just a new layer of people to interact with and understand a little bit more, maybe where I'm coming from. Yeah, I I really loved making it.
0: Yeah, well, I guess that's actually a good place to start. Where are you coming from? Where, you know, where do you see yourself coming from? I guess just both personally and musically that has led you to here.
2: I think for me, I've been on a bit of a journey of like acceptance, accepting. The good, the bad, everything that kind of life has thrown at me and life's thrown at all of us, especially these past few years. Right. And I think that's the end point of this album. I think that's the, the messaging behind a lot of it.
0: Yeah. So a lot of what we talk about on this show about musical tastes is tied to identity and, a, and about how like our musical taste or or the music that we make reflects our identity in some way. Is that sort of what you're saying? Like this journey that you've been on is about um, discovering how to express or, or understand that identity in some deeper way?
2: Yeah, of course. Well, I, I feel like it relates to my identity on a few different fronts. I am first generation Ethiopian American. I've kind of grown up with a foot in two different worlds. Like one is very American and one is mm-hmm. uh, very African, very Ethiopian. And so I feel like this project was me bringing those worlds together and really just, again, accepting who I am and what makes me, me, you know? Cause I think both of those things are integral to the men I've become and and becoming. And uh, the music reflects that both sonically, but also through the storytelling, I feel like that's the identity behind it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, talking a little bit more about the storytelling you've been doing with your music videos, you put out some music videos along with some of the singles you've released recently, and I just wanted to know how your mind thinks about the visuals. Do you think about it while you're writing the music, as you're writing it, or is it more of like a retroactive treatment of the music that you've written that kind of goes into that visual space with your music videos?
2: I think this go-around, how it also starts- Started was with the music. But it was a little bit of like creating in the dark. I wasn't 100% sure what it was that I was creating. And I was trying to be unconscious through a lot of it and just Mm. see what was going to come out. And then once I'd gotten to a certain point, it was like, oh, I I see it. Like, I see what this is supposed to be. And right then I called the directors who I've worked with a bunch in the past. And uh, I was like, oh, let's sit down. I I really want to make something big so I was, I started on the visuals before finishing the album, but it started with the music.
1: Did you collaborate with them too on the short film? Tell us about the short film since neither of us have been able to see it.
2: Oh, I don't want to spoil too much. But, uh,
1: <laughs> Tell us what you'd like to say. <laughs> of course, of
2: course. Yeah, it was uh, immediately I, I got in with them and, and started ideating. They live in New York. I'm over in LA. So there was a lot of Zoom calls. Um, I took a trip over there once and stayed with them. We just really began to flesh out the world together. And I began to fill them in uh, on a lot of these things that we're kind of touching on when it comes to identity and how I came up and what these songs represented to me and the story that I was trying to tell. And then I was like, okay, well, what can we do? in like I said, providing a new layer to that story and, and help bring people into this world.
1: As you're consuming something like other people's music, do you have that same semblance of that visual identity or visuals going through your head for like when you're listening to music?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, when I'm listening to other people's music, I do that, or at least I, I do that sometimes where I'm visualizing something, Mm -hmm. or I'm just like really feeling something. I'm being taken back in time almost, whether I was like a kid or when I was a teenager, and it was like some feeling that I had. And for some reason it's like, oh, I feel that right now. And I can't even necessarily explain why. It's a similar thing with like smells. You know, whenever you smell something and immediately it just transported back to not only, oh yeah, I remember the smell, but I remember where I was when I smelled this and what I was going through. And uh, I feel like I have a similar experience with, with music.
0: Yeah, well, that's a perfect place to go back to, you know, what was it like growing up in the States with Ethiopian parents, specifically musically? I mean, you know, were they listening to a lot of Ethiopian music? Were you listening to that or, or were you trying to kind of rebel and listen to a lot of American music instead? Yeah, of
2: course I was rebelling. Of course I don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it was, it was you know, if it made my mom, the more it made her mad, the more I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I should be listening to. You know, yeah uh, I feel like. I loved the uh, the Neptunes. I loved. There's so many different things that were. I I was always like filling myself with, especially with like my brother's collection. He used to have a CD collection that he would hide, and he didn't think I knew where it was. And I would. That's you know that's where <laughs> I would go. Uh, and yeah, that that was my favorite thing. I felt like with Ethiopian music, it was something that I began to really appreciate the older I got. Yeah, and that's when I started to like to go back and really. Uh, sit with it and now I love it you know now that's some of my favorite music but as a kid there was always this tension between me and my mom and what I could or could not listen to
0: yeah did you have a moment where you felt like listening to something you realized, like oh this is what I want to do like I want to make this
2: No, I don't think I did. To be honest, music for me was never, it was never the end goal. It was something that kind of snuck up on me. I I really loved making songs and writing things for myself. And the older I got, I started to show a couple more people, you know, a couple more friends, but I always thought, oh, this is what I want to do. I want this to be my hobby, something for me. I'll show the people around me, the people I love, but it's not for the world. And it wasn't until a lot later, where I was like, You know what? I feel like I'm supposed to do something with this. Let me give it a shot.
0: That's really interesting. what What do you think that turning point was?
2: Honestly, uh, when I was in school, college in New York, I was kind of doing that. Like I was making songs and showing the people around me. And one person who went to the school, he was in the jazz program, he was like, Oh, we should do something together. I'm putting together this EP. Like you should just like hop on a song and we should just see what happens. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Why not? And as soon as we did it, like immediately got such good feedback. I was like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) Let me just try and make a song on my own. And so I did that with my own name on it. And it was the first time I'd really recorded something to that degree. And immediately it was just the feedback that I had received from it was overwhelming. And it was like, okay, I think at this point, this is bigger than me. Like, I feel like I have to follow this this yeah. light. Um, so that's what I did.
0: Wow. That's so interesting because not not always, but you know, a lot of artists that we talk to, they really feel that sense from an early age. Like, oh, this is the only thing I'm gonna do. Like, this is it can't be anything else, yeah. you know. And and I think when you're growing up with that kind of mindset or or direction, you know, you have a different approach to listening to music and and writing music yourself, you know, because there, you sort of see an end goal of where you want to get. So I'm really interested to hear from your perspective as someone who, like, you were always into music and you were making music, but it, you never thought that that's where you were going. Maybe you have a, a more relaxed or, or interesting relationship with, like, the music that you listen to. Even today, like, do you find that you're able to really just, like, listen to something and appreciate it as opposed to feeling almost like, I don't know, a lot of times people feel, like, a little competition or or inspiration or, or, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I get so much joy from listening to new music and finding new music. It's funny, there's a lot of people, a lot of people who make music who can't listen to other people's music. Yeah. They're so wrapped up in what they're doing. I do understand it in a sense, but for me, it's like, oh, I love this. Like, this is, if I wasn't doing this, I would just be listening to it in my spare time because it gives me such energy and like if i'm having a bad day i'm i'm going through whatever it is i might be going through um music has always been this thing that would pick me up yeah so yeah i get my relationship with music is that that of course there are times where uh you know i'm probably not listening as much i'm wrapped up in my own things as well but it's it's one of my favorite things to do
0: yeah, so I mean, while you were working on this new record, like you said, you were sort of going on this personal journey and exploration musically and personally to to write it. But like, what sort of other artists were you listening to that were inspiring or, you know, just sort of filling you up while you were making this album?
2: Yeah, well, it was kind of going back to those things that would give me such energy when I was younger, right? When I was listening to Justified, for instance, one of my favorite albums. That was something I really, I revisited a lot. Right. Yeah. But then also the other where my other foot was was in Ethiopian music and Habesha music in general and East African music in general and, and those progressions and uh, Ethio jazz as well. It's like oh this is where my where my other foot is because that to me was that's that's me. That's how I grew up. Right. I knew there was a way in which to merge those worlds. I just wasn't sure how. And I was like okay, this is where I want to be for a while
1: yeah you're at that intersection and merging that with your own music that's really cool yeah
0: well yeah i mean so i think that's a perfect place to transition into the song at hand so burhana what is the song that makes you scream this is the greatest song i've ever heard in my entire life
2: i've been thinking about this a lot and i've got to go with uh what a Guzo by Hailu the <laughs>
0: This is so cool because obviously, you know, people bring us a, a huge range of music, but this is certainly like the one that's the most outside of what I would expect. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I have never heard this one it's, before.
1: It's our first instrumental. Yeah. And it's like instrumental, I think that, yeah. that at first is kind of what hit me when I listened to it is like, this is the first one we're not going to talk about lyrics as much where we get to kind of dig into the. Instruments and the and, and the melody and how it makes us feel, just with that instrumental rather than you know the what the lyrics are saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Tell us a little bit about the background that you're aware of on this song, and also
2: just how it came into your life. Yeah, so um, the background for the song is it, it came out in the late seventies, I believe, and then you know went away for a while, and it had this reemergence in. 2016, I think when the album was re-released, mm-hmm. and people got to experience it all over again. The name of the song is "Wada Harar Guzo, which means my journey to Harar, which is where my family's from, Harar. And that's a city in within Ethiopia, but outside of the capital. And if you know much about the Ethiopian history, there was a big war that happened in the 70s mm-hmm. and, and went on through the 80s. And a lot of the diaspora in this country because of that war. A lot of people right. had to flee the country. My family was one of those families, so everybody had to leave. My mom was kind of in charge of bringing everybody over. And this song, Journey to Horror, was, it, for me, is just like, I see my family through the song. I like can feel my family through the song. And it's, uh, yeah, really special.
0: Briefly reading on it, I thought what was really interesting is that he and a lot of other musicians started releasing instrumental music because of the conflict going on and the sort of censorship that was being imposed on a lot of music and and other cultural artifacts. And so releasing music that didn't have lyrics couldn't be censored or punished in, in some way, which I think is so interesting because you can still feel so much emotion out of a track like this. Yeah. Because honestly, like even if it did have lyrics, like it'd be lyrics that I didn't understand because it's in a language I didn't understand. And this almost feels like that. Like it just, you can still feel the presence of this sort of whatever they're trying to say really comes through, which yeah. I think is, is awesome.
2: It is. Yeah, totally.
0: You were talking about this, this journey that you've been on to like incorporate more of this part of your identity into your music. Is this album and, and this song in particular a part of that,
2: absolutely, it's absolutely an inspiration. My first time in Ethiopia was at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Oh, wow! Which was my mom's first time back, her first time back in 47 years.
0: That's incredible.
2: Mind you, she had left the country thinking she was just going for college, she had left before the war. She right. thought she'd be there for four years, like a lot of kids did, and then come back with what they learned and bring that to the country. Those four years turned into 47 years. Which wow. is so crazy, and and on the plane ride to Ethiopia, I, I I played her this song, right before we landed, she just started to cry, really cry, and it was and it was like, oh wow, this is it was so emotional, but so beautiful at the same time. You know, she gets to come back home after all this time when she wasn't sure she was going to come back home, and I hear that in the song, and it's so funny because you're right, it is isn't instrumental, there aren't words, but sometimes. Which is probably weird for a songwriter to say, but sometimes words, they get just the away, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I feel that in this song. I feel sadness, but also this joy. It's so complex and so simple at the same time. But yeah, I, I really love it.
0: You know, I'm, I might cut this because it's weird, but this is totally true. The other day, I had a dream that I was... I went to see this guy perform. Like I was in this tent and they were playing this song and the organ was set up and I was like, Oh shit. Like that's the song. Uh, and it was really cool.
2: Wow. Please don't cut that. <laughs> it would just, it lodged in there. Yeah. Please don't cut that. I love that. It's okay. Infiltrating I'll keep that. your genes. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, honestly, this whole album, the album's actually called Water, Heart, a Heart of Guzzo mm-hmm. by Haileau Mardaga. It's incredible. Also, maybe the greatest album cover of all time. So yeah, anybody listening, I I highly recommend it It's so good
0: Well, Berhana, thank you so much for joining us And bringing us this song, Sneaking Into My Dreams Um, (laughs) If people want to follow you online, where should they go? And and where can they find the new album when it comes out?
2: Yeah, it's uh, Berhana, B-E-R-H-A-N-A um, the album is called Amin Yezelan Helm, which means "The Nomad's Dream." So it's it's nice to know that this song infiltrated your dreams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Well, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we'll talk more soon.
2: For sure. See you guys.
0: Hi, hey, Catherine. Well, what did you think about Burhana and uh, Wataraguzo?
1: I thought it was so cool. I've been listening to this song and this record since he suggested mm, yeah. it, and now it's kind of like part of my internal sort of soundtrack that I have. It just—it <laughs> sounds familiar now, even though I didn't hear it before we listened to it for the podcast. So, yeah, I've been loving it. What about you?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, like I said, it, it infiltrated my dream. <laughs> And it's also cool because, like, I'm not going to try to pretend I'm an expert in Ethiopian history or like everything that happened during that era right but it's given me like a reason to sort of look into some of that stuff and learn more about it and even just hearing the song like it's it's always fun to like sort of dip your toes into a different culture yeah and experience that kind of thing so i'm so glad that he brought a song like this which is really just so different from other things that we've had featured on the podcast before yeah awesome Yeah. All right. Well, I would also love to hear what all of you out there listening think of what Ahara Guzo and Burhana and his new album, Amen, The Nomad's Dream, which is coming out this Friday, October 20th, wherever you listen to music. Please let us know what you think and get in touch with us on social media about it.
1: You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts think about leaving us a rating and review that really does help us just reach more people with all this awesome music that we're talking about.
0: All right. Well, thank you to you, Catherine, for helping me co-produce the show. To Izzy for help with mixing. Roger feely Lucier for the incredible new design and podcast art for this season. Of course, to Skylar Spence, whose song Kratos in Love is our theme music. And to you, the listener, for listening. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.